Jason was my son, and today is his birthday. Hello, and welcome to And That's It, featuring Juno and Derek. I'm Derek. I'm Juno, and we're best friends, and we talk about stuff. And today, we're talking about traveling time. But for Jason, not for Freddie. So, I don't know, you know, how did you enjoy Jason's little getaways? Personally, I found them palatable, if not kind of fun. I had a good time during Jason X, and I definitely watched Jason Goes to Hell. <laughs> yeah, these movies are so different than everything that came before them. Really? <laughs> Which is perfect for numbers nine and ten in a long-running franchise. Like, at some point, yeah, you gotta shake it up. Yeah, keep things fresh. Keep it fresh, funky, funky fresh. Fresh, funky, funky, fresh, fab. Yes. Uh, I don't know. It was a lot of it was a lot of fun to revisit these movies. I hadn't seen Jason X in such a long time, mm-hmm. um, and. I hadn't seen Jason Goes to Hell in probably two years. So it was really cool to see them again as an older, wiser version of myself who really appreciates a lot of the risks they took mm-hmm. and a lot of the s- sillier aspects. I appreciate that while these movies are silly, they don't fall into the goofy territory too much. Um, which is obviously a problem I had with Jason Takes Manhattan and an even bigger problem I had with Freddy's Dead. So even though these movies are silly and fun, they're not goofy. And I appreciate that. Yeah, I think they like take themselves seriously, but like they're still fun bits. Like they're not taking themselves so seriously that it feels like a drag. Especially... I mean, we'll talk about it later, but I really enjoyed Jason X because of how wild the scientific pursuits were. They said, it's 2455. We can do what we goddamn please. And then we do. We can do anything. Also, maybe Jason's highest body count because of um, the entire. Maybe a little unethical that happens. I was like thinking about it as it happened and I was like oh that's a lot of damage like that's like a lot of buildings and then they're like it's gone it's all gone <laughs> well you can see it through like the screen on the side like blowing up completely it's like Jesus Christ oh. millions of people dead <laughs> see this is I think this well well um oh which movie did I say was pro-life propaganda freddy's dead 
No, Dream Child. Dream Child. <laughs> this is anti-life um, propaganda. <laughs> this is uh, propaganda for warning the terrors and dangers of intergalactic travel and life outside of Earth. It is not safe to live on a on a, another planet. It's not safe to live anywhere where a ship could at any time just plow right through you. Life is dangerous. Yeah, it is. High risk, high reward. True. Very true. Well. <laughs> uh, something else kind of exciting happened today. Do you know, do you remember what it is? <laughs> this one I do remember, yes. Derek and I just signed a lease together. Yeah, we're going to be moving in together on September 1st up here in Minneapolis. We're going to be taking the city by storm. And by that, I do mean we're staging a coup and we will be turning uh, Minnesota into a regime. That is right. Jacob Fry, Fryer days are numbered. Um, I just like keep one eye open at all times. Derek and I have never used weapons, but we are not afraid to try. Yes. That's fair enough. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the only thing I really know how to do is like, I know how to shoot a gun, but, you know, I've never used any weapons against other people before. Right. I've never wielded a weapon against well, someone. Mm, I've never wielded a, a weapon of mass destruction. So like maybe a large gun or a large <laughs> knife. Yeah, I've never, yeah the, the, the large knife <laughs> weapon of mass destruction. <laughs> maybe like a bayonet style. Yep, that's how we're that's how we're taking that's how we're taking the city with just the two of us with our bayonets. We're just COVID cautious, so we're staying six feet away from anyone as we murder them. Yeah, real fun, real real fun. You know, I actually do think in the abstract, like shooting and stuff at ranges, it is fun. It's a good time. I have been. I would go again. <laughs> but like, I don't know. When it comes to other kinds of stuff like that, like axe throwing, I'm terrible at it. Um, or throwing knives and stuff. I'm truly so awful. It's kind of incredible. <laughs> I want to try it. I've never been to a shooting range or to like a throwing range. <laughs> but I want to try it. I have this weird, I don't know if I've talked about it. On, I don't think I've talked about it on the podcast, but I've told Derek before. I have this weird God complex when it comes to like utilizing new tools. I just feel like I would be good at it. It's so, like, I know the fundamentals of how guns work. I have held a gun and like loaded one. I just feel like I would be good at shooting it. And I just feel like I would be good at throwing axes. <laughs> you know what? I believe you and I support you. And I think you would be the best axe thrower ever. Thank you. That really means a lot. I know Jessie does like, she throws knives. Yeah. Do, do you know if she still does that? Uh, no, but I remember she was pretty good at it in high school. Because mm -hmm, she could do it in her backyard. I feel like it's probably harder in like downtown D Duluth. Yeah. Right now, her biggest thing is uh, apparently just filling her water cup to the brim and spilling it on herself. 
We all have things that get to us. We all have, we all have our struggles. <laughs> Jesse being a blonde white woman, that's, I mean, you can't say that they don't have their struggles too because Jesse is constantly spilling water on herself. It's tough. It's tough out here for white women, okay? Mm-hmm. I hear you. Derek and I validate the white experience. We support you. We stand with you. We are allies. Okay. I, I'm removing myself from that statement. But Juno <laughs> says, go whites. <laughs> That's what I have your back to a certain extent. Right. And for me, white people, um, you may continue existing for now. That's my thoughts on it. None of you saw it, but I did do air quotes when I said people. And I just thought you guys should know that. I think it's fun how polar opposite the things I have said on this podcast are. I have both called for genocide and now supported white people. Yeah. What is my truth? Do I have one? Honestly, do you know, it kind of sounds like you're a white supremacist. Um, that would only work, I think, if I was more white. Like, functionally? <laughs> I don't know. I'm only saying we have to go back to the text. And the text I don't think the text supports that. I just think like the text is not supporting that. Well, readers, readers. <laughs> Dear readers. Dear reader. Reader, I moved in with her. <laughs> oh my God. Um, <laughs> Dear listeners, please write in as to whether or not you think the text supports Juno being a white supremacist. I'm, I need to know. I need to know your thoughts on this. In uh, like two to five years, I'm going to write a tell-all about my <laughs> life. <laughs> At 24 to 27? <laughs> yes, about my life exclusively during these last five years. Cool. 16 to 21. Um, and it's going to be juicy. And there will be truths in there that I don't think you're ready to ha- hear. I'm sure I'll show up at some point because... Oh, absolutely you will. And then you're going to have to write a counter tell-all. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to write a counter tell-all debunking everything she said about me as libel. <laughs> Once I learn what the difference between libel and slander is, then I will, then I will write my debunk. Maybe you will then have to write two because you will first have to write about your libel and slander commentary, but you'll also have to um, re. It's like revisionist history. You have to go through and be like, dear readers, that did not happen. <laughs> dear readers, <laughs> Juno doesn't know what happened. This did happen, but what Juno is failing to mention is like that's an important lead up to it like so yeah okay so i pushed an old lady in front of a train <laughs> like do you know it didn't specify that that old lady looked at me weird okay <laughs> stuff like that we have an excellent guest for you today we're so excited she's a return guest last time we talked to her it was about an absolute blast of a movie cursed which as you all know, we adored Cursed Hive Rise Up. She's a musician, a YouTuber, a theater artist. It's Ghosty! Hi, guys. Thanks so much for having me on the podcast again. I'm so excited to be here to talk about these movies. 
We're so happy to have you, T. This specific episode has been in the making for um, about a year, actually. <laughs> this is the first movie. Uh, Jason X was the first movie we were going to have D come on to talk about when we were going to do Friday the 13th last summer. However, things got flipped around. So she came on for Cursed instead, but now we're here again. So, yes. yeah, everything, everything worked out. So, D, yes. I have to ask, what is your history with the Friday the 13th franchise? Like, have you seen all of them? Did you watch them growing up? Are you a newer fan of them? Do you like them? Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't, I'm not super familiar with the series. I honestly haven't watched the series in complete. Um, my first Jason movie was Jason X. <laughs> um it's because I'm a 95 baby, so I grew up on 2000s horror. Like, that's just what it is. So that was my first Jason movie. And um, I've watched the original, Jay- like, the uh, like Friday 13 part one. I've seen that one. I've seen the second one. Um, and I've seen the remake. And I've seen parts of the fourth one, I think. I probably watched it all the way through, but I only remember segments of it. So it's like really spotty. And today I was looking over like how long the series is because like I kind of want to like do what you guys are doing and watch the Freddies and the Jasons together and make a party of it. But um, there's a lot of movies. <laughs> there's a lot of movies. So that's a pending thing that I'm going to do. But yeah, not super familiar with the series. Um but have always respected it because I understand that it's a great, I understand that everybody really fucks with Jason. Um, so yeah. Definitely. And I feel like Jason X is like such a fun movie to start with. Like it sets a precedent that like, this is what I want to match. And then the rest of the season, you can watch the rest of the movies and be like, well, yeah, it was, I love, I love that. That's my introduction to Jason seeing as like, it's so different from the other movies and <laughs> um how just like 2000s it is I don't know I love it and also I think about I don't know how my parents allowed me to watch this this came out in 2003 I was like seven or eight at the time and I watched this when this movie came out oh my gosh yeah and I like the scenes like that I watched as a kid that I thought were funny. All the sex scenes were really funny to me. And I knew they were sex scenes because I learned about sex at a very young age. So I knew they were sex scenes, but they were just really funny to me because I was like, why are people doing that? Like, that's so weird. (laughs) Well, I do have some trivia about the sex scenes that we'll get into in a little bit. But before we talk about these movies too much, I do want to backtrack to our intro question which is every week we Juno and I will pick our like slasher of the week a slasher we really admire something that's um near and dear to our hearts that we think is we just want to shout out uh so Juno what is your favorite slasher this week yeah this week I picked the beloved the cabin in the woods from 2011 it is just a good slasher people like it there's fun twists. Joss Whedon, you know, is good at what he does, even if he's kind of a scumbag in real life. So it's just a good movie. I think people should watch it. So that is my Sasha of the week. Derek, what's yours? 
Oh, well, this is so embarrassing. I didn't pick one out beforehand, so I'm truly going just kind of off the cuff here. But actually, I do have one. It is 1984's Bloody Birthday. I think this movie is so wild and so fun. It is about a trio of bratty little kids who start murdering people left and right on their 10th, 11th, 12th birthdays. It's unclear how old these children are supposed to be. Um, So you have... uh, the little girl whose name I don't remember. She's a little blonde, precocious child um, who's like the ringleader. She's uh, kind of the, the leader of the group. And then you have Curtis, my, my son, um, who's like the brains. He is a psychopath. He has a gun like Curtis, top tier evil kid. Love him. And then you have the blonde boy whose name might be be steven or michael um (laughs) but he's kind of the muscle of the group he's the one who locks that kid in the fridge like bloody birthday quality slasher movie really into it also there's kills with a skateboard uh and a jump rope at different points in the movie so we love to see the kids using their tools uh to their advantage d what is a slasher that you love or maybe your favorite slasher or just one that's near and dear to your heart my favorite slasher is scream it's scream i i was just looking at my list of like slashers that i enjoy and there's so many that are close that i i love but scream is just the best (laughs) i love scream so much well you're in a good company because three other people have also said scream (laughs) Including it's- both of our guests when we talked about Jason Takes Manhattan, both of them picked Scream. So it's undefeated. Yeah. It's undefeated. It really is. And, you know, we showered the Scream franchise with love then. So we don't need to get back into it now, especially since we also did are going to shower it with love next week when we talk about New Nightmare. But in a similar vein to New Nightmare as to what that movie did for the Nightmare franchise, this week's movies, Jason Goes to Hell and Jason X, both really do something different <laughs> with the Friday formula. We're no longer at a campground stalking teenagers or on a boat stalking teenagers. We are in a diner. We are in Ohio. We are in a house. We go to hell. We go to space. Like Jason's getting around. Yeah, he is. These are the middle two entries of the Jason traveling movies. So it's really interesting to see that how that kind of happens between uh, the two different, very different movies. As much as these movies are different from all eight movies that come prior, they're equally different from each other. Wow. (laughs) I don't know that anyone who watched Jason Takes Manhattan would have known what to expect for Jason Goes to Hell. And I don't know that anyone who watched Jason Goes to Hell would know what to expect for Jason X because the leaps and bounds these movies take for this franchise are incredible. And while not everything in these movies works, particularly Jason Goes to Hell, Man, do I respect the hell out of both of these movies. 
So, you know what? Let's start with the first one. Let's start with Jason Goes to Hell. What are your, like, first impressions before I get into my weird spiels? <laughs> Anyone who um, Yeah, I was not expecting that. Um, I hadn't seen any other movie aside from Jason X and the first couple of movies, like I mentioned. And so I was going in, like, ready for, like, a formulaic camp movie and i was like okay uh, <laughs> this is not what i wanted but honestly i really liked it i and i wasn't i was like impressed by how much i liked it it's like oozing with like beautiful 90s cheesiness there's so many wacky characters like the diner lady and her husband they're so just like who are they um i mean i really wish that jason got some more screen time but I feel like with the series as old as the Friday the 13th series by the 90s, of course, they had to keep it interesting. And I mean, they did that with Halloween with throwing in like magic and stuff like that. So I think that's why they threw in this whole like he's being reincarnated this whole movie. <laughs> he's just transferring his soul. So although I wish I could have seen Jason more, I really kind of like that because it's just quirky and it's just like. Only like writers in the 90s would like write this into a series that's been alive for 20 fucking years. Like, <laughs> absolutely. I feel like I think the writers and probably producers for this movie read the room and were like, people have been sitting with Jason for a long time. What other unhinged things can we do? A baby. Now he's a baby. Now he's going to <laughs> next movie. He's going to space. Jason goes where he pleases. He's a man about town. And I kind of dig it. I think, yeah, if you go in, I think, D, if you go in with the expectation that you're getting a camp movie, understandable that you would be disappointed. If you go in being like, Jason is going to hell, maybe also still disappointed. Yeah. You never see him in hell. That's kind of disappointing to that me. That is, yeah. You never see him in hell. But yeah, I think that the low ratings of this movie, because it's literally 1.9 in Letterbox, I think it's because people are like, Oh my God, Jason, like I'm here to see Jason kill teens that are horny at a camp. And it's like, but, or you could watch him be like his soul move between different bodies and like him chase his bloodline. Cause sometimes somehow relatives always come into play in these slashers. It's always like they had a sister. <gasps> they did that in Halloween. They didn't scream. Do they ever? They did it in uh, Nightmare. Mm-hmm. It is a nightmare. It's yeah. the same twist as in Freddy's dad. <laughs> yeah, it's like they had a sister. <gasps> only the so, only the blood relative can defeat the monster. <laughs> right. It's like, wow, this is nine movies in, and you're adding a, like a knife that can only be wielded by a blood relative. I wanna say, I think the reason this movie does so much the way it does is because it was a 23-year-old first-time director. Mm. I think it's also part of the reason I like this movie so much. <laughs> because, listen, if you gave me, like, the chance to write a Friday movie, yeah, it's gonna be buck wild, and things are gonna happen that you're like, what? But honestly, I wish more big horror franchises would hand like an entry to like 22 year old first time directors, because I would just love to see the crazy shit that we get. I want to see a 22 year old take on a conjuring movie. (laughs) I want to see what kind of shit we'd get there. I want to see 
like a happy death day written by someone in college like oh yeah that would that, i think the happy death day written by a college student would actually be freaking amazing <laughs> I, I i agree i just i i really admire adam marcus's um choices with this movie and even if from a film standpoint maybe not everything comes together it's certainly entertaining yeah. and I, I appreciate like the homoeroticism of the movie uh, because we mentioned that Jason is possessing people in this movie, but we have failed to mention how he does that, which is that he is a slug that um, transfers between male bodies when they kiss, which I just think is it's a bunch of dudes making out this whole movie. It is. And it's the most like male nudity we get. Mm, yeah. in the movie like the the guy in the in the sex scene that's the most we've ever seen of a guy in these movies yeah. <laughs> which actually was intentional um on marcus's part he talked about how he wanted the the like exploitation aspect of the movie to be a little more equal and i think that was the case yeah. i think yeah. men and women are equally exploited in this movie yeah. and that's what we watch exploitation movies for we want everyone to be exploited yeah. equally yeah exactly <laughs> i want to talk about the intro to this movie the cold open <laughs> i think it's really good like the whole because i love the fake out mm -hmm. with this uh lady um who's wearing an awesome like jacket by the way i love her jacket that she's <laughs> that she's wearing we love a, a windbreaker that's like slightly too big iconic aesthetic um and then she does it like she strips down and starts taking a shower to lure out jason and then we get this like chase through the woods where jason is walking very slowly as he does um while this chick is running through the woods in only her bath towel i might add and she's like running and tripping um, and it feels a little weird, but you're not sure why it feels off um, until it's revealed. Oh, she's an FBI agent. And oh, the entire FBI is here right. to gun down Jason and gun Jason down. They do. Holy shit. Yeah. This, I mean, this happens to Jason in both movies, but here I think it's the more unexpected one. They blow this, they blow him to smithereens L literally they blow him up <laughs> yeah i when i was watching that intro scene i was like okay so they're just throwing us in this they were like we're gonna throw you in this friday the 13th movie she's going to a cabin all that crap but when she's running she slides on the hood of the car and i'm like since when does a woman about to get killed just know how to slide on a hood of a car that's what i was like she's not your average bimbo who's about to get slashed something's going on here and i love that fake out because i feel like a lot of like 90s movies did that to where there's a it, well to me i thought that it was actually like a, a movie in a movie i thought that's what the route we were going then i realized that it was a trap but i feel like we had to have a lot of 90s movies to where that like bride of chucky for instance that whole intro we thought that you're in a chucky like you thought that it was a part of the movie, but no, it was part of the movie that's in the movie. So I really liked that. Right. And also just like the audacity to kill off Jason <laughs> six minutes into the movie. 
Again, that's why I respect Adam Marcus. And I mean, he must have the biggest balls on the planet. Yeah. Like, I I can't believe that he did this. Um, and then, of course, we get uh, one of the weirder scenes in the movie, um, which is the coroner eats Jason's heart and becomes possessed yeah. by him. I don't know what... I mean, there were like, it's, it felt like he was being urged, like somebody was telling him to do that, but that's never really explained how Jason's heart can just do that. It's not, but honestly, what a, it looks cool. I'm here for people yeah. eating hearts. <laughs> Listen, it's a great aesthetic. <laughs> Is it like the, because like they kind of replace his like, like motif with the heartbeat sound. I interpret it as him just them being hypnotized. Like the louder the heartbeat sounded, the more they were like, "Oh, I'll do it." Whatever he says. Yeah, that makes that makes sense. Yeah. Um, it also this scene also has a really funny cutaway gag that's like something out of Jason Lives, where um, the two police officers in the hallway J- after Jason kills the coroner's assistant by fucking destroying his face. Um, <laughs> Uh, he walks by these two like security guard officers, one of them who one of whom is Kane Hodder, by the way. Um, mm. And uh, they say some derogatory remarks about Jason, and then J- um, the coroner or Jason coroner turns around and looks at them, and then we cut to a TV show, like cop style TV show, um, about the investigation into their deaths. Which honestly, again, what a funny. Gag. I thought that was hilarious. I was like, and honestly, even just that, those couple minutes of them in that, in the coroner's office and all of them like shitting on Jason, like that is so funny to me. Cause it's like, oh, he's dead now. So everybody's just like, fuck this guy. Jason's like, just coming for him. The line that's like, in my professional opinion, this guy's deader and shit. I thought that was so <laughs> funny. Cause they were like, this bitch is mother, this motherfucker is 100% dead. Like, fuck this guy and fuck his stupid mask. Sorry. Yeah, it's, um, it's all of it. Although I will say the opening credits confuse me because they go on for so long and yeah. they keep cutting in with the, like, the actual scene <laughs> so even though i enjoy like the title card drop everything after that does not make sense to me from a film standpoint but again 23 year old first time director i'm cutting him a lot of slack um <laughs> and then we get we meet jason's half sister so my understanding is that she is not pamela's daughter they share a father um mm. so it's her name is diana kimball um and she is Jason's half uh, sister, and she's working at a diner with her coworker Vicky and her boss Joey, Joey's husband, who's played by Leslie Jordan, and yes. <laughs> and then Joey and his son Ward, and Ward and Vicky. We don't find this out, but um, in the uh, original version of the movie, there is a scene that was deleted that alludes to this um, that. Ward and Vicky and Steven and Jessica and the um, cop, the young cop, they all went to high school together. Hmm. Um, but yeah, so we meet Diana and her coworker Vicky is like, this is tasteless because the diner is like celebrating. Yes. Death. That, and that was very 90s too. I feel like, <laughs> like just like a movie that is turning their own franchises 
icon into like like the people in the movie are celebrating the icon like i think i'm like you guys just what the- <laughs> right it's the first it's the first time we get kind of get an indication that people outside of crystal lake know who jason is um which i guess makes sense because jason had been to new york at this point and made a big deal in new york which is probably where the whole nation came to understand who he is this movie also by the way takes place in 2002 just so we're all clear because of in 93 93 Mm -hmm. it has to do with how the timeline of this movie is fucked up because as we mentioned part no this movie yeah oh it's all it's all messed up no, this movie's 2003. Sorry. Because, um, <laughs> as we mentioned, part seven takes place in September of 2001. Oh. So, <laughs> yeah. Timeline's really messed up. <laughs> but it's cool. Uh, I do... I like these characters. I mean, are all of them good yeah. people? No, but they're all memorable. <laughs> which is... Yeah. Like more than we can say for some of these other movies. I mean, part seven, we were literally like, what were their names? Like we couldn't remember <laughs> a single character. And part, yeah. we preferred part seven to part eight, but I mean, it was hard to remember their names. With with this one, Jason Goes to Hell, I'm like, yeah, there's like the badass waitress, Vicky. And then you have like right. also the badass nerd, Steven. And then the badass, badass Creighton Duke, one of the most badass characters until we get to part 10 uh, in the whole series. Like everyone in this movie is kind of a badass. <laughs> yeah, they're a lot of fun. Um, I'm not like a huge, huge fan of oh God. What's the guy's name? It's only because I don't care about his character arc. It's just so played out. The guy that like is in love with Jessica and that's his baby, and he's like kind of like uh, Stephen. That's Stephen. Stephen. Okay, I didn't. I didn't. I was gonna say Stephen, but I didn't want to be wrong. But <laughs> um, yeah. Steven, um, he's probably my least favorite character only because like he's boring. So here's, but... I I see where you're coming from. I actually really like Steven only because I think it's cool to have a final boy technically and not a final girl. And also I have a huge problem with this movie's final girl, Jessica. Jessica's my least favorite character in this movie. She's yeah. such a nothing character. She is. And all she does is scream at Steven and like do nothing like honestly could have done without her but something we have to understand was that jessica and steven were a last minute replacement for tommy and megan from jason lives because they couldn't get the rights to the tommy jarvis character because so this is the first new line friday movie the things they did not have the rights to any character other than jason Voorhees. And the name Friday the 13th, which is why this movie's called Jason Goes to Hell the Final Friday. Oh, wow. So it had to be rewritten. So yeah. the, the baby stuff and their relationship is a late addition to the movie. That's because uh, it felt so like, didn't really make sense to me. I liked that they like fought him together and yeah, you know, the final boy thing, but yeah, Jessica's kind of annoying too. Honestly, I thought that the mom, Diana, was going to be the final girl. I think that's um, interesting. I think that's more yeah. interesting. But it's it's cool. Like it is what it is. Also, this movie was written in four days. 
What the fuck? It's actually kind of good for to be written in four days. That's, I'm proud of this dude. I'm really proud of him. Somebody needs to give yeah. him an award. Cause like <laughs> Anyone who's written anything like a short film, a feature, like a, anything. Four days is insane to write it a is. movie. Like, it is insane. It's incredible that this movie got made, let alone be as entertaining as, and fun as it is. Yeah. I, I also love how gory this movie is. I mean, yep. it's something that was missing last week. Big. Um, seven and eight were so censored that like, it almost was like, well, what's the point? Here, gore galore. And I watched the R cut. I wanted to watch the unrated, but only the R cut is streaming. And I've seen the extended death scenes, however, and the gore in the unrated cut is even like more over the top and like delicious. Uh, <laughs> it had. Yeah, will you talk about the differences? Mm-hmm. So I think the two biggest differences in deaths are in the tent scene and Vicky's death. So in the tent scene, it's somewhat off screen. We just hear I the figured, pole go through her. I figured that was and cut. So in the unrated cut, we actually, we, the entire shot is from the other angle. So we see it from behind the guy rather than from behind the girl. We see the pole go through her and we see it hit Jason rip it up through her torso. Oh, wow. And she like falls in half. It's Yes. <laughs> It's incredible. Um, and then Vicky's death. So in in the R cut, it ends with her saying, go to hell. And um, the possessed guy pulling her onto the, like impaling her more. Mm-hmm. In the unrated cut, that doesn't kill her. And so to kill her, Jason crushes her head and it like pops, like blood gushes up. Like it's, it's crazy. Um, what other also I think the opening with the coroner's assistant death is also gorier in the uncredit mm-hmm. in the unrated version like we see more bits of face fall from the from beneath the table yeah I think I would have liked that because I, I I don't know I guess I'm spoiling it for the end like my favorite scene from this one was when Josh like the cop is Jason and when his uh... body absolutely falls apart after Jason like vacates that was my favorite thing that the hellraiser death is what I call it because it it feels like it's the it's the exact reverse of Frank's resurrection in hellraiser yep yep he's not coming together he's absolutely falling apart and I was like we need more deaths like this like so gummy that is also gorier in the unrated cut oh wow and I thought that that was so great that was one of my notes that I took I was like this is amazing the practical effects that they use to create this looks pretty damn good oh they're incredible i mean i mean throughout the whole movie they are but yeah i figured because i watched whatever's on hbo max yeah that's the that's the r-rated cut i figured that that was not the good stuff because i was like this looks like they cut some stuff (laughs) (laughs) i mean listen the gore in this movie it all looks really good so props to like there's not a kill where i'm like Oh, another kill. I think another kill that's a little gorier is when Jason mashes the two guys head together. I think we we stay on that for like a couple seconds longer to get a real nice look at their um, torn apart faces. But even as is, that's not to say this movie was like cut apart by the MPAA in the way that seven and eight were. Um, 
like this movie is still gory. Don't get yeah. us wrong. It's still, yeah, it's still pretty gory. <laughs> I think it's by far the goriest movie up to this point in the franchise. Would mm. do you know? Would you agree? Maybe I'm misremembering some of the early ones. No, I think I would agree in terms of like diversity and gore. Like the early ones have a lot of like blood, like wound seeping and like that sort right. of pain. But like this one, there's just a lot. Like if, if stab wounds don't get you, like the hand stuff will get you or the head stuff will get you. Or like there's lots of opportunities to be absolutely grossed out in this movie. It's true. Jason is probably at his most creative. <laughs> in, well, these actually both of the movies because Jason X has my favorite kill in the entire franchise. I think everybody that has watched Jason X, their favorite kill is in that movie. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's just unpair. I mean, what um, some of the stuff that I really like about Jason Goes to Hell before we move on to Jason X and feel free to also jump in with other stuff. I like the attempt at world building, even though it feels weird to do it nine movies in. Um, I think... The idea of the mythos they're bringing in is cool, even if it doesn't make a ton of sense in the series yeah. as a whole. Um, Creighton Duke, love him. He's so cool. Yeah. Um, what else? I like... He was so essential to the plot. <laughs> <laughs> he Well, he really was. I mean, without him, Jason would have just... The would not know anything. He's literally <laughs> was... the sacrifice. Well, I guess he's not. I don't remember. He doesn't die, right? He's not no, sacrificial. He he does die, but it's not sacrificial. Like he doesn't give up himself to save right, everyone he else. Give the up. way he di- he he dies like a normal character. Like they don't right. treat him like, which is cool. Um, but he, he is the black character that gives the white characters. But he gives both of them spiels. <laughs> it's he gives true. Literally, Jessica and Steven. He's like, all right, here's what you got to do. <laughs> Yeah, he is. I believe in you. <laughs> he is an exposition like robot, like yes. spouting out stuff. That does not make Creighton Duke any less cool, though. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> he's still a badass. The scene where he's yes. breaking Steven's fingers in the jail, <laughs> love it. And it's also that scene isn't particularly gory for this franchise. I mean, like he's not breaking his fingers off. It's still hard to watch, <laughs> right? Because like, I don't know. I don't know, finger stuff is is weird. Like, breaking fingers and stuff, it's weird. One thing I do like is how the young characters, so Vicky, Ward, um, Steven, Jessica, and um, Cop Guy, how they talk to each other. I like how tender they are with each other. The scene where Ward gives Steven his car keys to run away, like, I thought that was really sweet. That was, Um, yeah. And it reminds, like, you know, they're about the age we are, maybe a couple years older. I mean, do you know, they're about our age because they're like 23-ish. Um, and so it'd be like people we went to high school with had a fond memory of, like, people that we knew deep down were good people, how we talked to them, kind of. Mm-hmm. And I like how how warm they are with each other. It. it and I think part of the reason that works so well is, again, 23-year-old director. <laughs> right. He knows how to write characters his age. And he gets it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He really gets what, like, makes young relationships of any kind, like romantic, friendship, acquaintance. He gets yeah. what makes them work and what makes them special. Um, he also, you know, he gives us 
and icons in the form of Joey and her husband. <laughs> I love Pookie. I love them. Yes, I love Pookie. I love them. As Joey, soon as she came on scene, I was like, I'm going to fuck with this woman hardcore. Mm-hmm. Joey reminds me of Edith from A New Beginning. Yes, but like <laughs> slightly more put together. She like can run a business. And it feels like she has a good heart. Like, you know. Right. Just mean to her son for no reason. <laughs> well, she's, she's mean to her son and to her employees. But at the end of the day, she's like not a bad person. Like when she finds out that um, when she thinks Steven is like on the loose and is a killer, um, she's like, that baby's staying here. We're keeping it safe. Like, yep. you know, she she can go into protective mode when she needs to. Even if she does only close her diner till noon the day after one of her apparently three employees dies. <laughs> she's all about that money. We saw her making those burgers at the beginning. She knows what I she has know. to do. She was like, hockey mask. It's true. Put when she fingers in the burger meat. <laughs> well, to be fair, they are going to cook that burger meat. And if you're cutting out, that's what you got to do. But um, it, it, that scene is funny to me. Like when she's yelling at her son, Ward, uh, for like messing up the hockey mask shape. And he keeps being like, this looks stupid. And she's like, it's only stupid because you're doing it wrong. <laughs> we love yeah, an abrasive mom-son duo. Yeah, they're they're pretty entertaining. That's and honestly, when we got to that diner scene, is when I knew I was gonna like this movie. I was like, this is gonna be fun. Like, I don't even care if any of this makes sense. I don't care that Jason's dead. Yeah, but, I don't well, care that he's possessing bodies. Like, much of it does not make fun. sense, <laughs> right? <laughs> but um, I also like Vicky. Um, I think she's a really cool character. Uh, she seems like really brave and. Like a, like a badass she's a badass waitress mm-hmm. um and her death scene is really cool she like shoots the shit out of possessed guy jason and then when he gets her rather than begging for mercy she tells him to go to hell and guess what he does i would have liked to see i think she makes for a more compelling final girl just because i was like this bitch can do anything yeah. like so much of jessica i was like you're so wishy-washy and I don't agree with the things you're doing. Like how long it took before she started to pull Steven out of hell with Jason. I was like, you really hate this man so much. You're just going to sit there and watch <laughs> the hell. Like, I hate you. It, also, it, didn't, for you. it didn't seem like they were on bad terms really until she thought he murdered her mom. But if I had a child with somebody and maybe this is just me, and like they repeatedly save me i would at least listen to them mm-hmm. when they say i didn't kill your mom this is what happened before losing my mind but that's just me right i don't think i would push him out of a moving vehicle personally but I, I mean- <laughs> I mean, that scene does lead to the fun scene with his cop friend. <laughs> where I love that interaction. <laughs> the cop's like, I've got a gun. And then Stephen's like, shit, I've got a gun. <laughs> I've got a gun. <laughs> yeah, there's some good banter in this movie. Yeah. yeah. And I, love- I mean, there's a lot of great tight, like small moments like that. Mm-hmm, for sure. Like, I, I feel like uh, Adam Marcus was like, I, I can write these scenes 
and they'll be like enjoyable in the moment and they won't detract from the fact that there's like a murderer on the loose like i like that there's memorable moments in this movie that aren't kills <laughs> yeah 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 that actually i think that goes that makes all the di- like how jason lives has all those well they have the gags but you have the moment like um where megan's driving the car and she keeps shoving tommy's face into her crotch and then she says oh yeah this is what i want when she sees the sign but like it's a visual gag because you know it is what it is so this movie reminded me a lot of jason lives actually Hmm. and part of that yes it was intended to be a sequel to jason lives so that makes sense but supposed to be yeah yeah um it's still interesting because it's a wildly different movie than Jason Lives. Yeah, and as like when I was watching this movie and they introduced like the lineage between Diana and Jason, I I was like, I don't know if I should have watched the movie that came out before this, but I think it really works. Like, I'm really happy that I watched. Like, this is another taste of the Friday the 13th series, despite the other movies that I haven't watched, because... It wasn't too hard to follow, and I didn't have to like watch the other ones. Oh yeah, don't worry about watching the other ones. You're not gonna, you would not be any more prepared for this movie than Juno and I were. (laughs) I had the Wikipedia page pulled up to make sure that, like, when I took down my notes, I didn't miss anything. And the Wikipedia page just went on and explained Diana's relation to Jason as if it was explained in the movie, and I was like, did I miss something? So I like went back and watched all of Peyton Duke explaining, like. Their, their siblings like the bloodline is necessary and I was like I've watched all these movies I have taken note of all these movies I don't know who this bitch is I have never right. before I guess it's it technically works because we've never met Jason's father although we know he must have a father <laughs> um, right. and so uh, they mentioned him by name for the first time in this movie his name is uh, Elias mm-hmm. uh, Elias Voorhees so which, by the way, one of the many, many canceled Friday the 13th movies from this past decade was about Elias um, oh, and an wow. origin story for Pamela. Interesting. So, oh, my gosh. We're never getting I it because... I would love that, though. I would, too. I want another Pamela movie. I think she deserves another movie. I mean, I think, like, because like a lot of people like to use movies to talk about serious topics... And they could really use a Pamela Voorhees movie with her husband. Like, I feel like they could talk about like abuse, domestic. Well, abuse. that's that's the story. Like, he was oh, he was her. He abused her, mm-hmm. and he also. I think it, it's it was it was there a little bit before. I think there's a novel that references it or something, because if you look on the wiki, there's some stuff like you know the fandom wikis that are like. Yeah. A lot of random stuff on there, but some of it is useful. Um, appar- uh, my understanding is that Elias was like an asshole already, but then when Jason was born and looked the way he did, he became like a real abuser mm. and abused them both. Um, so I, I think would, there's I would see there's an interesting story in there. And I think there's an interesting story in Jason X too. <laughs> So, Jason X is interesting for many reasons. I mean, obviously, it's the space one, okay? So, that's interesting in and of itself. It also is the only Friday movie with a non-white final girl. Yeah, 
Yeah, so I was wondering about that because I'm like, I don't know if she's white. <laughs> Lexa, Lexa Doig is uh, Asian. Okay, okay. Latina, like wow. That's really cool that they got they slid her in there in the 2000s. How the fuck did that happen? <laughs> I don't know. I, I mean, well, okay, so it makes sense to me for this reason. This movie is an early 2000s space sci-fi thing right yeah Mm -hmm. so every single person in this cast had worked on like sci-fi series like andromeda or stargate or battlestar galactica stuff like that so they all had experience in the genre and the two female leads of this movie lexa doig and lisa ryder are the two female leads on the sci-fi series andromeda which had already started airing at this time so they brought them over um to here and it makes sense. I'm glad they made that choice because with, I think, regular actors, it would have been a lot harder to sell a lot of the sci-fi jargon that they have to say if they didn't already have experience like working with it. Also, mm-hmm. a fun uh, connection for younger millennials and older Gen Z people, um, Stony, who is one of the horny teens, is also Paolo in the Lizzie McGuire movie. Oh my gosh. Wow. Sing to me, Paolo. <laughs> <laughs> I did not yeah. know that. And he yeah. he's getting it on. He looks he looks really young in this movie. In yeah, the that's... Lizzie McGuire movie, he looks like he's like 30. So there's a three year difference between when they shoot this movie and that movie. Wow. But on four, I have some a little uncomfortable news. So they shot this movie in 2000. It comes out in 2002. Three. Two. I, I double-checked this. Oh, Freddy really? vs. Jason comes out in 2003. Why did I thought Freddy Jason came out in four? I don't... I mean, <laughs> it's not that big of a difference. Yeah. But... So Yanni Greenwell, who plays Stoney slash um, Paolo, was born in 1985. So when they were filming this movie, he was 15. Oh, wow. And the girl who plays Kinza was 17 or 18. I think she was 18. Jesus. Wow. So yeah, that's... And it's they're supposed wa- to be college students. Yes. <laughs> so why, did, why would they just not cast a college student? <laughs> I don't know, but like it, it, it is why the sex scene and Jason X, uh, well, between them is the most probably tame in the entire series. Um, yeah, that's uh, so that's some information. Nevertheless, he is an icon, um, important to cinema, one of the most, I mean, Lizzie McGuire movie, one of the most important movies ever made. So Thank you, Yanni Greenwell, for your contributions to we cinema. We love you. <laughs> um, although, I, you know what? He did sell it to me. I believed he was horny, and probably because he was 15, so he probably was just that horny. And he got to kiss, like, a woman that was older than him. Like I'm I know. Sure I know he was into it. it. I know he was into it. His girlfriend is so annoying. I hate her. She's <laughs> is the worst. Character. I literally hate her so much. Like... And, like, I, I get her. that she's traumatized. So I get, like, I understand. But also... 
is it's like I would under I could understand her trauma if the two seconds we get with them together is just her literally being horny for him. It's like I don't believe that you actually love this dude. Right, I, you just want to bone him. Fuck him, yeah. Like, <laughs> it's yeah. I mean, well, Juno, what are your thoughts into this as someone who knows maybe a little bit more about psychology? Well, I just was. Obviously, trauma responses are real. I'm never going to invalidate somebody having a trauma response. Her trauma response to be not opening a door to save her friends <laughs> is like a weird perversion of psychological pain that did not make any sense to me. So when like when um, Rowan was like talking through, she's like, uh, Kinsa, honey, open the door, open the door. And Kinsa's like, no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. You're just gonna murder your friends. <laughs> also, big props to Rowan for handling that so well. So well. Because I would have been like, Kinsa, you better open this fucking door or I'll murder you myself. Yeah. Much like Rowan had, you know, in the previous scene, which is like, if you don't shut up, I will break your neck myself. Yeah. I love her. So Rowan much. is so badass. relatable. <laughs> like, could you imagine waking up 400 years have passed and you're like, all right, time to fuck up Jason? Like, I, you know, it's interesting because up until the point where Rowan learns Jason is still alive, she does have this like wide eyed fish out of water thing going on. But the second she learns Jason is yeah. there, like she goes mission. into like mission, like mission mode. She's like, okay, we have to get rid of Jason. This is not option. Like we have to get rid of him. And no one believes her. Well, I mean, I'm sure some of them believe her, but the person who has the power the doesn't believe her. The professor Oh man. I'm real I was really excited to see um dude what is his name? The 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 head guy, the black guy, Brickett or something. Oh P- uh Brodsky, Sergeant Brodsky. Brodsky, Brodsky. I was really happy to see that he Played decided to Peter still Minza. um execute Jason despite the the professor trying to like bribe him. I'm like, yeah, thank you so much. Like, and he, they're like <laughs> they're like, so what do we do? The professor says that we have to bring him alive. But we'll just take his arm and say we tried. Yeah! <laughs> it's, I also think it's so funny that they're called grunt team. Yeah. <laughs> like, because they're the grunts, but they're just mm-hmm. called themselves grunt. That's so funny to me. Yeah, Honestly, a lot of... A lot of stuff in this movie is really funny. The scene with Chuck, where he's like being really pervy and talking about Rowan, but then it ends with, oh, I'm so lonely. Yes! <laughs> yes! That, 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 like, that is how you write a pervy character. I was like, like oh, I get it. Is... Like, it, it. Like, it's the difference between being like a rapey creep and just kind of a regular pervy creep. I think. Yeah, exactly. And they they went to regular pervy territory. Also, Chuck is also someone who, when the time comes, he's ready to do his part. Like, he's not... Yeah. His perviness is never holding them back. Yeah. uh, In terms of Jason. (laughs) He's very aware of his perviness. Like, he knows... That's why he said he was lonely. He knows what he said about this woman that's been asleep in cryoctin ice, whatever, (laughs) for 400 years. Like, he knows that was ridiculous that he's, like, getting excited. And that's why he said, I'm so lonely. So that's actually two different characters. It's Lou and Crunch. Uh, Lou says, I'm so lonely. I said Chuck, didn't I? His name's yeah. not Chuck. Uh, and then Crunch is the one who survives and like lives. Right. I, I did mean Lou, but. Right, 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 right. Um, like, yeah, Lou's a, I thought he was funny. I was yeah, like, he I was. Like I think Crunch is funny. <laughs> I think Crunch is funny too. But <laughs> also. Of course, 
Yeah, the, the Microsoft conflict where people were beating each other to death with their severed limbs. Also, hockey being outlawed in 2024. Can we talk about that first? Yeah, literally. I mean, I, I can see it. I mean, it's kind of dangerous. People get hurt. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we're both, we're all three of us are from hockey states. Yes, like, we are. Michigan's huge. Yeah. yeah. Midwest, probably just the Midwest in general. Hockey's huge. Of course. I mean, hockey like is our state sport. Like, yeah, in Minnesota. Like. I mean, in Michigan, our only good sports team are the Red Wings. So, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I was gonna, I was, I got, we had the Lynx, I guess. So, our queens, <laughs> our um, our sports queens, um, the only Minnesota team to consistently be good. <laughs> Woohoo! Um, yeah, I, I mean, so much about Jason X works for me. We could really talk about any of it. What do you guys want to talk about? Yeah, I mean, okay, I, I'm a big fashion person, so I really want to talk about how I really love that the outfits, like the costume designer literally created what people in the 2000s thought the future would look like, because these outfits are so 2000s, and they were like, all right, we're just going to like cut some holes here, and like, yeah, now it looks futuristic. <laughs> I love it though. I mean, yeah, I know. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> I was just talking on Twitter the other day about how I'm nostalgic for two th- early 2000s aesthetics, even though most of them like objectively are terrible. Like, I am nostalgic for it because, of course, as I mentioned, I was one to 10 in the years 2000 to 2009. Yeah. So, like, seeing this, it was like remembering a lot of stuff, right? I was looking at it, I was like, yeah, that is how people in the 2000s would think people in 2455 would dress. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was I don't know, I think it was really perfect. Um, I, I'm not huge into sci-fi. I don't watch a lot of sci-fi, but I did get the humor and I liked the humor in this. This movie's really funny. Like it's very, very, very satirical, um, but in the best way possible. Sure, it, I think it understands what it is, but it's yeah. not—it's not beating you over the head with like, "Oh, this is so dumb. We're trying to be bad." No, the movie is like, it's taking itself seriously enough where it's really funny. Yeah, exactly. It got it—it—it it, it got the balance. You know, it wasn't too much. It was just right. Just right. I mean, and we still got the great Jason references, obviously. Like can't... my favorite moment in the entire series, you mean? Which is, <laughs> I mean, do you're welcome to talk about it? Oh no, no! So I don't, I don't want to take away. Yeah, from that. yeah no, that's the best. That's yes. <laughs> I'm sure everyone who's listening is like, "What the fuck are they talking about?" <laughs> it's <laughs> the scene where they're trying to dive. Uh, create a diversion for Jason. So they create a fake crystal lake. And when that doesn't really work, they also create two fake campers. Um, and they're like, what is it? We, uh, I want to drink or smoke some pot or, or like want to have premarital sex. We love premarital sex. It's my favorite moment in the entire franchise. It's so funny. And so it like, so gets what these movies are. And like then the fact that that is that works to like <laughs> uh, distract Jason. Also, the fact that Jason is woken up from a four hundred year nap by the sound of teens having sex. Yes, that was that scene was so funny because like it's as soon as they started like his body's twitching or whatever, and then when she moans is when he wakes up. 
He's like, premarital sex? <laughs> if there is one thing you know about Jason, it's that he does not fuck with premarital sex and he does not fuck with unsafe sex. The like yeah. scene from uh, the, the, the Jason goes to hell where he like steps on the condom on the way into the tent. Mm-hmm. I was like, genius. This man says, be safe or be abstinent. There will be no in between. And honestly, <laughs> it's the right message. <laughs> Jason is, uh, I mean, you know, he, he really just wants America to have better sex ed. Mm-hmm. That's all he's it an is. Advocate. Yeah, he's an advocate. He's uh, here for the greater good. He's like Jigsaw. <laughs> 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 yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Jason, I, he's doing a lot. In the, he has a lot to do in this movie. Uh, he has to fight virtual reality monsters. Uh, yep. um, he breaks people's backs over his legs like he's Bane or something. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> he, I mean, oh, I like the, the the joke where Jason throws someone onto like the screw and then the, the, the girl, the, the girl grunt finds that guy. And she's like, he's screwed. I was really happy to see the professor die so soon because I honestly hated him. And and spoiler alert, if they were going to do another train to Basan situation where the worst character literally died in the last 20 minutes of that, like I, I couldn't sit through another half hour of him. So I was really <laughs> happy that he died when he did because he was just bringing the team down. Also, maybe the weirdest sex scene in the entire franchise oh, yes. is him with Janessa. Because <laughs> it's the really whole hard. kink scene. It's, it's a kink yeah, scene. Because there's so much going on in it. There's so many different aspects to it. Like there's twisting the nipple, but also that he's wearing the like lingerie. Yeah. And also Janessa is keeps <laughs> calling him. <laughs> it's it's incredible. I mean, what 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 a what a scene film cinema yeah and i noticed that they put all of the scenes that aside from the crystal camp lake scene all the scenes that are sex heavy are like intertwined because when that kink scene is happening is when uh kinza and stony yeah they're having sex and then also we have km and I don't remember how to pronounce that. K- it's Sonoran. Sonoran, like KM, and she's trying to have real boobs or whatever. <laughs> it's uh, <laughs> the when metal nipples. I okay, so I did not remember that <laughs> being in this movie. So when it comes to the shot of her and her tits are out, I was like, "What?" <laughs> Fully, and and then her whole scene—it's actually kind of sad, honestly, because yeah, she's like, "Janessa has them," and you're like, "Oh." And then she has a thing where she's like, well, Janessa's real, isn't she? <laughs> and then later KM stands up for herself and she's like, I am real. Yeah. I love KM. She's She was like half the reason I was obsessed with this movie as a kid because I just, well, my whole, my favorite scene in this movie is when KM takes down Jason and she's just like, they like give her a makeover and she's wearing like this awesome suit and she has these guns and she's like making these faces and she's shooting shit. Like, icon. I was like, that's who I want to be. I want to be a sexy robot killing Jason. <laughs> it's true. I mean, it seems like it mostly works, actually. She's one of the few people that actually effectively take down Jason. 
Um, I mean, she doesn't kill him, but she puts him down long enough where had the nanobots not woken up, they would have been able to escape. Right. It feels like had things been like just a fraction different, if she had just killed him in any other location on the ship, she would have killed him. It would have been over. It was also biting him in the ass. It's true. This came out a year prior, but it's giving Celine from Underworld that whole scene. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Yeah. That was like my whole aesthetic as a kid. Like, well, not my real aesthetic, but what I wanted my aesthetic to be as a kid. Like in my mind, I wanted to be women like that. And I would always make my dad take me to go see movies that had women in tight leather suits. So I was obsessed with Catwoman, Underworld. I saw Aeon Flex. I don't think anybody remembers that movie, but I was obsessed with that. And then of course, Resident Evil, which is the best of the best. Of course. Um, Here's the thing. Aeon Flux was directed by uh, Karen Kusama. So we love that, you know, director of Jennifer's Body. Like, yeah. come on. It's iconic. I I think I love that movie. And I honestly think a lot of people forget about that movie. And I, I don't remember anything that happened, but I do remember liking it a lot. <laughs> and the action scenes are great. I think, I think this movie, Jason X also gets misremembered a little bit. I think people remember it as not being as funny as it is or like the jokes not working, but the jokes do work. Mm-hmm. Like they are funny. Also, I love that we open with an X-Men style open credits. Um, yeah. <laughs> that was important for me as a fan of the X-Men movies <laughs> because it's very unclear what is happening for the first 30 seconds of the opening credits. You think you're in hell actually, um, mm-hmm. which is a clever nod to the most recent jason movie at this point even though there's nine years between them um and then it's revealed we're inside jason's body which is i think really cool and then of course we have to talk about uber jason yes uber jason that's he looks great (laughs) they did a great job of um yeah what the fuck this guy is just so creepy and huge and like all sci-fi'd out and shit like <laughs> it's true it was it's at that point where the movie i think really like lets us know yeah we're doing everything yeah. because we might not get another chance to make a jason movie ever um even though freddy versus jason would have already been in production by the time this came out because it came out a year later but still they're like putting out all the stops so of course we get robot jason with a metallic arm and metallic leg like he looks so good i love it i'm so here and i and you know what i think it's i wish kane hotter had been able to do freddy versus jason i wish they had hired him unfortunately they don't and so this is our last kane hotter movie but i mean i i think he got to go out on a great one i think i also love how much time we spend with jason like screen time um, I appreciate it. I think yeah. they give a, they give us a lot. Yeah, I feel like it's a little long, but I think that's because they give us a lot of Jason time because we watched Jason take out that whole Grunts team. Like, it's realistically, true. they could have just, like, watched, uh, like, ha- have us see him kill, like, two of them and then have the body reveals of the others, but we watch him take them down, and they take their time with their kills. It isn't, It's like, true um you know quick kills it also means that we get less time with rowan as but also 
Rowan is introduced to us earlier than most final girls are in this series because she is in the cold open rather than coming in 20 minutes in. So, you know, there's trade-offs. And I like Rowan being um, early 21st century. Like, it makes her relatable, I think, still, uh, because we're not that far removed from it. And I like that scene. I actually really dig the whole opening with David Cronenberg playing the, like, um gross businessman and i also like um that in that scene lexadoy gets to show off her acting chops a lot um more so than the rest of the movie but really in that opening scene she gets to kind of be she she gets to establish who rowan is i think really nicely yeah and we basically get like how like rowan's whole mission in the beginning of this movie like we already know how she feels and how she executes things and we know that like she's pretty strong-headed because i feel like if she had the power to tell that slimy business dude no she would have yeah i like that she's capable and like her like plan would have worked if jason wasn't a superhuman being like to get him in the hygienic chamber and i really like that she's not like helpless or like dependent on the success of others. Even when she's what, 445 years in the future, she like knows how to use a gun. She is directing all of these college age students to like escape from this. It's true. When she says it's like riding a bike, but it's a very different kind of gun. Uh, I mean, I'm glad that we get to see her use the shotgun in the beginning. So that kind of comes back. So they establish that really well. And also, I mean, as far as acting goes in terms of main characters, Lexa Doig is probably on the one of the better actors we've seen in this series. Um, like her, I'd say Corey Feldman is definitely up there. Um, Tommy and Megan from Jason Lives. Like they're they're on the better side of acting. Probably honestly, I'm gonna include most of the actors from Jason Goes to Hell. Um, that's like the better side of the actors from this series. And then on the other side, you have like the actors from The New Blood, who were so bland we didn't even remember their character names. <laughs> um, it, it was really cool to... This felt more of an ensemble movie than I think a lot of the Jason movies do, where it feels like even though Rowan is very clearly our like protagonist, we still get time with the other characters in a way that we really don't most of the time. Yeah. So it was nice to see like a full cast of developed characters. I mean, you have the two, Stoney and um, Adrian, who are killed right away. But like, apart from them, the rest of like the students are developed really well. Um, and of course, I can't believe I took so long to mention it. The kill, Adrian's death. Yeah, I'm like, I was waiting for you to mention it because like, I've, mm. you know. It's not only my favorite kill in this franchise. We... Uh, did an aborted episode um juno with um mary as a guest uh mary sakes my sister where we ranked our like top 13 kills from slasher movies or just from horror in general and adrian's death number one like i think it's freezing her face smashing it against the table holding it up so we can see the smashed face and then dropping her it's i mean everything about it is 
so good. So good. It's it's the quintessential slasher kill. It does everything a good kill in a slasher movie should do. We get to see her scared, we get to see her dead, and we can see the gore. Like boom, boom, boom. Mm-hmm. Everything perfect. It's inventive. It's fun, but also scary. <laughs> like it's relevant. I mean, I think like using the you know the whatever it's called to freeze her face. It's like... nitrogen. It's yeah, nitrogen na- something. The, I can't remember nitrogen, what. Nitrogen. Yeah, whatever they're using. I I mean that's I think that's pretty creative, giving the period in time that we are in. Well, and I think it's funny because reasonably Jason doesn't know that that like how that works. So he's like, this will kill her. Sticks her head in there. Probably was like, maybe she'll drown. Well, right. It cracked. Yeah. And he's like, he's like done. Great. Bitch. Perfect. <laughs> also, so I didn't even think about that. <laughs> we also get that moment with her when she um, cuts Jason's mask off of his face. Yeah. And then, you know, she's like, poor baby. I see why you wore this. And then she just puts the mask back on him. <laughs> I was thinking about the mask the whole time because... They, like the government has Jason locked up. He does not need to be wearing that mask. They left that thing on there because they're like, that man is too ugly to look at. Like we are not taking the mask off. It's true. Poor it's Jason. true. It's true. Poor, poor, poor baby. Jason. Oh my God. Poor ugly baby. <laughs> oh, poor ugly baby. I mean, the shot we get of him, like it is, it's, it's a, well, it's miles better than the Jason design and Jason Takes Manhattan. That's what I'll say. I still think the coolest one is in the New Blood, but it, it, he looks cool. Also, I like Jason. We didn't talk about this, but I like Jason's design and Jason Goes to Hell. We never see him without his mask, but the way the mask has, like, um, his head has grown yeah. so much that the mask is, like, hit, morphed to his head. Um, or his head is like literally growing around the mask. It's gross, but cool also. And then, of course, we learn that Jason has a really tiny brain. Yeah. <laughs> How does he function with the brain this small? <laughs> yeah. Oh, man, poor baby. This is backtracking a, a little bit. Because I'm thinking about the ending of Jason Goes to Hell, but Freddy's glove grabs his head. So how did, do you know how that happened? Do you know how we got Jason in space before we got Freddy versus Jason? Um, Freddy versus Jason. So this movie takes place after Freddy versus Jason. um, Right. To be clear, because it starts in 2012. um, Right, I got that, but why did we get that movie before it? Like... We got Jason X first because Freddy right. versus Jason was taking longer to rewrite um, okay. than than they had anticipated. So they were still rewriting. I had forgotten that that's how that movie ended. I was like, right. oh my god, Freddy is introduced at the end of. Jason. Well, it took him ten years because yeah. Jason Goes to Hell comes out in nineteen ninety three, and then we get Freddy versus yeah. Jason in two thousand three. Jason, right. they had started production on like actual production on the version of Freddy versus Jason that we finally got that they had been wanting to make since nineteen eighty seven. Started it around the same time production for Jason X started, but because Freddy versus Jason took longer to make, Jason X came out first. So Freddy versus Jason also does establish how Jason X is possible, of course, because we get how Freddy, you know, brings Jason back and yeah, yeah. Freddy versus Jason, another wild entry in this franchise. <laughs> yeah, 
we're not talking about it today, but that's something to look forward to, Juno. Also, because you'll have seen every Nightmare and Friday movie up to Freddy vs. Jason when we watch it. Like, it's, I think it's going to pay off really well for you. Well, I was really excited at the end when Freddy's hand came out. I was did, like, you, oh. did, did you know that was coming? No. Okay. And I also didn't remember that Jason X came next in front before so his hand came out and i was like oh my god the next movie i'm gonna watch is gonna be them fighting so then when jason x started i was like i oh i don't remember <laughs> where did this go where did freddie's hand go so then I come, asked, yeah yeah i saw you to derek about yeah. it, like, it it all ties up like it there's not- i know freddie versus jason comes out after jason x like i knew that was a thing but when i watched jason goes to hell today i'm like well how the fuck did Jason X ended up coming out before Freddy vs. Jason. It was just because Freddy vs. Jason was taking too long to make. <laughs> I love that. I think Freddy vs. Jason is a really good movie. I know you guys are talking about it later, but like... Nope, it's to totally it. fine to shout out now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it does have my one of my favorite lines in the whole series, which we'll talk about. Is me. it from... I think I know who it's from. Is it from a very pop yep. singer? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I think, it is. I think that's I, my favorite line too. <laughs> I've tweeted about it incessantly. I love it. Is it problematic? Yes, but it's still good. Yeah. I mean, oh, also, of course, Janessa with her quips. Quips are really hard to sell for me, but Janessa does it so well. I love um, her. Her actress, <laughs> Melissa, Melissa Aid, really sells it. I mean, all of them are great, but of course the standout one is, oh, this sucks on so many levels. <laughs> and she dies, yeah. You know, I don't know why. I really like the actress, but I felt like Rose McGowan could have really pulled off that character for some reason. I don't I know it? why. She no, just, I, like, gave me those vibes, but um, I, I watched a lot of Charm. I, I think like, she <laughs> just, like her character kind of reminds me of Paige, uh, who's played by Rose McGowan. But um. I yeah I loved her and it was like we were about halfway in the movie and I was like this lady's been killing it with these quips this whole time and like she needs she deserves credit because I kind of really love it and like all she does is give quips like she does not do anything other than talk shit about the other characters literally especially when (laughs) I love her like her reactions when Kinza locks them out of the shuttle and then she's like like Kins is freaking out, and this is a really bad time to do this. Like, yeah. <laughs> it, it, it's really cool. Um, also, Sergeant Brodsky, what a badass. I mentioned Creighton Duke, most badass character through the first nine movies, quickly dethroned by Sergeant Brodsky yeah. in well, Jason X, most badass character, who, of course, followed by a close second is Creighton Duke, also then followed by KM. But, um, I love that these movies give us so many badass characters like Vicky even who are willing yeah. to take on Jason. Even Steven who's, you know, nerdy and a wimp but also kind of badass because he's willing to fight anyone. <laughs> like, these people these people are fighters and I really yeah. appreciate that. They're not so helpless. I, no. I really appreciate that we get competent survivors in these movies and honestly, I think Jason goes to I mean, Jason X, I think is getting its due now people are really starting to appreciate it and i think jason goes to hell gets a really bad rap for no reason i don't like that yeah when i saw that review like those reviews on letterbox i was really disappointed i was like guys this is a good movie but i think i really hope that with this like new age of all right we spent a lot of time 
like hating movies for no reason. Like we hated sequels and we hated remakes just because they were sequels, just because they were remakes. And now I feel like we're getting a lot better at revisiting these films and saying like, oh, this isn't actually that bad. So I hope that it gets that same thing that, you know, people are seeing in Jason X, people will see in Jason Goes to Hell. Well, I think we're seeing it right now with the Friday the 13th remake itself, which people are starting Mm -hmm. to reappraise, which I love. It's one of my favorite Friday movies, actually. I really love it. Um, And of course, you know, on the opposite end of the spectrum is the Nightmare remake, which we're talking about next week. But that's, oh, do you know, I'm... we're, We're getting to a real high with the Nightmare series, followed by a real low. I mean, New Nightmare, as I have mentioned, is my favorite Nightmare on Elm Street movie. So good. And Freddy's Dead is my least favorite, no contest. But Nightmare on Elm Street, the 2010 remake, is a real is second worst. Like it's, Ooh. yeah, and um, it, it's a it, by a lot. Like <laughs> the next worst movie in the Nightmare series, not even close to the remake, which is also not actually that close to Freddy's Dead. So. <laughs> Yeah, I definitely have been wanting to revisit Friday the 13th remake. I saw it when it came out. And I I mean, I liked it, but I don't really like, what was her name? Danielle Panabaker. I think that's the actress in that movie. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's Danielle because Kay is her sister. I didn't really like her as an actress. And I think her being in that movie kind of like ruined it for me. But I I could recognize that it was a good movie, but I didn't want to give it the credit because I don't like Danielle Pennebaker. I just, she's kind of annoying. Her face is weird. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we'll talk about that when we get to it, you know. (laughs) We'll cross the Pennebaker Bridge when we get to the Pennebaker Bridge. Yeah, I mean, honestly, that's, that's all of our thoughts on these two movies. I'm surprised they were as positive as they were. But after watching them, I'm also not that surprised because I feel like they they earned it. So I think it's time for favorite kills. Juno, do you, know, you want to go first? Yes. Okay. Favorite kill from Jason Goes to Hell. It's a toss-up for me between the um, reverse Hellraiser of Josh, like his second death, and Pookie being deep fried and then pan fried. <laughs> and I loved it. Mostly because I work, I have worked in a restaurant that has a flat top. And I, every time I turn it on in the morning, I'm like, what if I just laid down on this? Like, what would happen? Now I'm, I would smoke like a burger. So I thought that was really gross and wonderful. And then from Jason X, again, it's another toss up for me. Three way, Adrian, obviously. King shit. That would suck to die like that. Kay, I'm getting her head fully ripped off. She didn't die, which is why she's not my only one. But like, I love that it just like, popped off and then she was like (laughs) oh shit like my body's gone right but I loved kicker who was one of the grunts who fully just got separated legs from torso and you just see his like torso like fall and fly (laughs) like oh my god he's the one who's crawling right who's still alive after yeah his legs are gone and he's like hacking his way out and I just (laughs) major props that would suck you're right. That that you know that would suck. <laughs> D, what about you? What are your favorite kills from these movies? In Jason Goes to Hell, mine is definitely gonna be the cop as well, the reverse Hellraiser. That just looks so cool. That just looks really cool. I really like that. Um 
and and Jason X. Mine is a tie between Adrian, of course, but I also really like the way the campers died. Like him just stuffing them in sleeping bags and just like throwing them like their pillows until they die. Like I thought that's like really brutal. And I I mean, I know there's no blood or gore or anything, but it just sounds really painful. <laughs> well, it's it's a reference to that kill in the new blood, the the famous sleeping bag kill. Um, oh, where that they brought it back and there's still no gore though. Yeah, but I think that's that's part of it. Also, Jason X, I don't know. Jason X is pretty gory, but it's less gory than Jason Goes to Hell. So, yeah, it um, is. But I think also because they're not real. <laughs> so, yeah. But I also, again, yeah, I think there's no blood because it's referenced to a pretty bloodless kill. So, we still have one more Sleeping Bag Kill reference coming up. And I, ooh, I'm real excited for you to see it because it's different than than these ones. But my favorite kills, I agree with everything. Um, there are a lot of really great kills in this, in these two movies. Um, Jason Goes to Hell, I am going to pick two that haven't been mentioned. In the unrated cut, my favorite kill is the girl in the tent who gets sticked with a stake and then ripped in half uh, through mm-hmm. her chest. But in the R-rated cut, I'm going to actually pick Vicky, just because I like how strong she was right all the way through the end. Um, and even though, like, obviously she wasn't having a good time, like, she, she didn't, like, cower in fear or whatever. She said, go to hell. And you know what? He did. So we stan a queen um and then i mean jason x i've said it already it's adrian it's my favorite kill in the whole franchise it's iconic amazing never been done before incredible beautiful wonderful we love to see it i mean period (laughs) so good so 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 good although it's true oh how can you hate this movie when you have that kill and janessa's quips and we love premarital sex honestly yeah those alone really make this movie for me but also i do want to give a shout out it's not a particularly cool death but it did make me laugh (laughs) is the professor when he's like trying to bribe jason (laughs) which is funny like for the audience it's like, I can give you fame and money and you'll be famous. And then um, he, Jason sees the machete and he picks it up and he's like, oh, he, you just wanted your machete. Sure, but remember who, who, who let you take it? And then he turns to his students and he's like, guys, it's okay. He just wanted his machete. And internally you're like, well, you know, what do you think he wanted it for? <laughs> right. But that's a fun moment. That made me think of like a TV show gag. Like something a TV show would do. It was so yeah. funny. Real quick before we wrap up, because I can't believe we haven't talked about him. Dieter, the like money bags that the professor talks to, has such big Hamish Abernathy vibes, like from the Hunger Games. That one is like grumbly and like jaded and super sketchy. Also, one other thing, I agree, but when you when you talked about him, you reminded me that he is on the Solaris station, which we also haven't brought up somehow 
They kill millions of people. Well, Jason, because Jason kills the pilot, which leads Yeah, to yeah. So Jason indirectly killed millions of people. <laughs> <laughs> which is, I mean, wow. But I mean, it's gonna be on these guys' conscience, I'm sure. Like, I don't know that Sunaran and Rowan are gonna recover from that. Like, yeah. It's it's a lot. Also, three survivors in this movie, which is a lot. I mean, I guess there were three survivors and Jason goes to hell, but one of them was a baby. Like, it's not the same. Here we get three adults living, which is a record for this franchise. Yeah. I honestly was kind of surprised that, how do you say his name? There's Sun, uh, Sanaran. That he survived because he was such a ho-hum character. I was like, I feel like he could just bite it at any time, but no. He survives and he's going to make his yeah. girlfriend a body and they're going to live happily ever after. Perfect. <laughs> I like their relationship. I'm su- I am support Sunaran and KM's future. I hope that they get sexy times and I hope that they um, live a long, beautiful life together. I hope that they're she definitely going to be happy. Yeah, I hope she gets the boobs and nipples she wants. <laughs> <laughs> yes. We're <laughs> rooting for you, KM. We are, yes. We are KM Hive, rise up. Um, <laughs> Oh, Dee, this was so much fun. Thank you for coming back to talk to us. Sorry the episode got shortened by my Wi-Fi cutting out, but yeah, we love having you come back sometime. Yeah, this was a lot of fun and, you know, I'll be happy to be back anytime again. And it was, I mean, I'm just happy I got an opportunity to check out Jason Goes to Hell because I don't know if I watch it anytime soon if it weren't for this podcast so yeah that like i'm i'm really happy that i got to experience that today because it was a good movie yeah um so it's that time at the end where we pick our preferred movies i think i know which one we're gonna pick but i do want to put an asterisk here that i think we all liked both of these movies just like when we were talking with the nightmare movies one two three four we were like we like all of these movies we just prefer like you know so this week yes i prefer jason x but jason goes to hell you still have my love what about you d i prefer jason x but i still really like jason goes to hell i would probably rewatch both of them multiple times for sure and juno Absolutely the same. I like I love Jason X, but I liked Jason Goes to Hell and I would this has been a high week for me in this series, so I'm into it. And it's gonna keep soaring high for one more movie with New Nightmare and I'm gonna crash real hard. But yeah. Um oh Dee, this was so much fun. Thank you for being yes. back. Yeah, we love to have you. Do you know any final thoughts on anything? Mm. This has nothing to do with anything and everything to do with my brain, but I just thought it was funny that when Jason was reborn, he came back as ugly as he was when he died and he still has a <laughs> you can You're being literally reborn. You could look like anything. It's but- true. Because they also imply the reason that he wears the mask is that he is insecure about. Literally. He was like, <laughs> I guess it's a psychological crutch. But anyway, I just thought that was funny. Okay. That's all I have to say. <laughs> oh man this was such a blast i love it when the two movies we talk about that we like both of them those are definitely i think the most fun episodes 
next week we are talking about new nightmare and the 2010 nightmare on elm street remake honestly we'll see if my opinion softens on that movie it might my opinion softened on a lot of movies i thought i hated um but it didn't soften on freddy's dead so we'll see where (laughs) the remake fits in but until then on jason goes to hell and jason x the middle two entries of the jason's vacation series that's it